How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Home and home. Who is Joe Judge? How good is Daniel Jones? Just a few of the many questions surrounding the New York football giants. We continue our all 32 look here on Home and Home at all 32 teams. Off-season burning questions. Are they on the incline or are they on the decline pointing towards a better future? We are in the NFC East all week, and it's the Giants. 4-12 and 12 last season, new quarterback Daniel Jones out with the Eli Manning era who retired after this season. This Giants team, to take you back, lost nine straight games at one point, and it looked like they were pointing straight towards the number two pick in the draft, which would have been a game changer for the Giants but that didn't happen, and now it looks like they are out of the Chase Young running. Let's look back at the Giants' 2019 season with WFAN on the Radio.com Red Zone. I did feel, I know you disagree with this, I did feel the Giants did get a little cute, though, taking Daniel Jones with the sixth they pick. They did the draft. opposite of getting cute. They wanted a guy and they drafted him. They, Isn't they, that they, the opposite of being cute? I guess. Look, if they love yeah, Daniel yeah. Jones, don't mess around. Right? If you could bottle the first seven minutes of the Giant Cowboy game, you'd be very happy if you're a Giant fan. The defense looked good. They forced a punt on the opening drive. And then, unfortunately, what happened is reality set in. The news came down that the Giants would indeed sit Eli Manning and start Daniel Jones this week against the Buccaneers. David Gettleman, you know, is deciding now this is what we have to do. And I, I agree with it. I agree with it wholeheartedly, 100%. Giant victory over the Redskins, second straight, 2-2 two and two now. For the Giants, I mean, to get to 2-0, and oh, I mean, a 2-2, two and two, and to get back to 500 and do this with a rookie quarterback in back-to-back weeks, you got to be feeling good about what you're seeing. They were so thoroughly excited to be able to go there and watch Daniel Jones and watch a different team during the fourth quarter. Just nice to sit here and watch our team in the fourth quarter without having any agita. Daniel Jones played his ass off. He's another one. I mean, he looks like he is, like, so far in front of where Sam Darnold is. Oh, I think it's not even funny. The, he, he's, he, he's not jumpy. Like, he stands there tall like, I am going to make a play. Whereas Sam Darnold the last two weeks is standing back there going, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. It was just perfect. The Eagles, who are just going down NFL's drain, are getting beat by the Giants 17-3 at halftime. The Eagles fans are booing. This Eli redemption story can't get any better. And then all of a sudden in the second half, the Giants can't do anything. End up losing the game in overtime. Don't score another point. And here we are in a nine-game losing streak. The winds started to, are starting to blow against Pat Shermer now. You know, they're, they're the last couple weeks, you could really start to feel it. The Giants' inability to not allow huge plays, which they continue to do. I mean, that is the hallmark of this Giant defense. When you think of the defense of 2019, here's what I think of. A wide receiver, wide open, 
with nobody within 50 feet of them. They went from first and goal at the one to third and goal from the 17. Wow, look at this giant defense. What happens? They give up a touchdown to Devontae Adams. It was the Giants at 12 men on the field. <laughs> so, so they said, hey, we're going to put 15 guys on the field. We're still not going to be able to stop them. Uh, we felt like Pat Sherman was going to be let go. He's let go. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. When this team gets good, I think we can do better as far as the head coach goes. Matt Rule's taking the Panther job. He didn't even talk to the Giants. The Giants hired Joe Judge to be the coach. I'm like, Joe Judge? Really? I think I mean, that, I'm, I'm stunned. I think that that reaction, Joe Judge, Joe really. Joe Judge? Boy, it has been a wild ride for perceptions of the Giants from the media and their fans. That was WFAN in New York, always on the radio.com app. Again, Dave Gettleman was an idiot for drafting Daniel Jones. And well, even before that, for drafting Saquon Barkley and not going after Sam Darnold. Then it was Danny Dimes, the future Hall of Fame quarterback. Then it was nine straight losses. And then it was wins knocking them out of the chase young sweepstakes it has been a roller coaster ride and ross what is your five hour energy burning question about the giants as we head into next season you know there's two you kind of touched on the one with joe judge like who is this guy what kind of coach is he gonna be uh, you know and maybe you could say this about any first time head coach but i feel like we know less about joe judge than almost anybody that's gotten a head coaching job in recent years. And then Daniel Jones, of course. I mean, it's a quarterback head coach league. And it felt like at various times during the year, Daniel Jones took steps forward, then steps back. I'd say overall, I feel good about him, but there's still a question there. And I don't feel great about him. And I think this year will tell us a lot. I'm a fan. I think that was a great pick. I like Daniel Jones. I like the athleticism, the decision-making, the poise. I think he is pointing upward. Uh, my burning question, five-hour energy about this Giants, is about Joe Judge, the 38-year-old first-time head coach who is the special teams guy and receivers coach in New England. Is a little inside baseball. This guy has five championships, three Super Bowl rings with Belichick, and two national championships with Nick Saban. But how much did Bill Belichick weigh in on the hiring of Joe Judge. That's all I want to know. Because if it was Bill Belichick that told them, hey, this is the guy that you ought to hire, then you Giants fans should feel pretty good. Because why did Josh McDaniels not get a job? Did Bill Belichick point them in the direction of Joe Judge over Josh McDaniels? Let's talk about it with the Giants. All-time leading wide receiver in just about every category, yards, receptions, and receiving touchdowns, a Super Bowl champ, Monty Toomer, on the program. Great to have you on, sir. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker here talking about your Giants. What is your biggest question about this Giants team in the offseason, sir? How fast can they get better? How long is it going to take for the talent level on that team to be commensurate with other teams in the NFC East. That, that's all there is to it. I'm really high on Judge. Uh, from hearing the this, this scuttlebutt around um, the facility, a lot of people are very impressed with him. They feel like he is, you know, in a different, in a different, um, 
he's a as a player's coach who can understand the younger players, and that's kind of one of the things that uh, people thought was lacking with the with the coaches in the past. They don't know how to connect with the younger players, and uh, Joe Judge is actually doing a great job of that so far, from what I hear. Amani, it's Ross. Good to hear your voice, buddy. Hope you're doing great. What's Hope up, Ross? He's awesome. Yeah, man. Great to hear from you. Uh, what about Daniel Jones? I know you watch all the Giants games. Sort of was up and down as a rookie. How are you feeling about him going into year two? Um, I'm excited. I, I just don't know what we have in, in him. Uh, you know, he had a couple good games early, but most quarterbacks, when they get their first start, are gonna they're gonna succeed because nobody has a book on them. They don't know what they're gonna do. They don't know how to. They don't know what they like, what they don't like, and they're basically they're playing honest. But the more film, the more defenses are allowed to cheat and take away tendencies, and that's when you know usually quarterbacks will have four good games and then all of a sudden you know go in the tank. I think he had some resurgence towards the end of the season, but the injury situation he got is with his with his with his ankle. Um, we just don't know. I mean, Giants aren't quarterbacks aren't um, used to being hurt. You know, we've had uh, you know Kerry Collins and then Eli Manning. None of those guys were hurt for that long, and uh, none of them missed that many snaps. So over the last say, almost 20 years, there hasn't been a lot of quarterbacks missing snaps because of injuries. Giants Super Bowl champion Amani Toomer, the team's all-time leading wide receiver, with us. On a Thursday, home and home, as we break down the New York Giants, I'm, I'm looking at the offseason needs for this team, and it is a long list, man. I mean, you could go wide receiver, O-line, cornerback, safety, edge rusher, and you could probably continue that list. But with number four, the, the pick, what direction do you think the Giants need to go? What is their largest need? I mean, this is a quarterback that didn't have a lot of targets to throw to last season. I think it's going to be either a defensive line or somebody on that defense side of the ball because over the last couple of years, the Giants' defense has just been atrocious. I think it's easier to find – it's hard for me to say this, but it's easier to find good offensive talent, um, especially coming out of this draft with such a, a wide receiver, dra a heavy draft class. You can go into the second round and get a guy that probably slipped out of the first round, not because of ability, but just because of you know, the fact that you know, there, there are so many of them. Um, so I would go with defensive line. Somebody got to rush the passer. There's been a lot of times where, you know, the Giants hadn't had a consistent pass rush. They can solve that uh, some, in some way. It'll make the entire defense just that much better. All right, we're going to welcome our good friend Nick Costos into this conversation, the host of You Better You Bet, 6 to 10 Eastern Time on the Radio.com app. Nick Costos, good to see you, my friend. Uh, you heard Amani Toomer's answer. What do you think the Giants need to do at that number four spot? First off, I want to give a big-time shout-out to Amani Toomer, who I think may be the single most underrated wide receiver of last decade, of 2000 to 2010. Um, was unbelievable, including a stretch in the early part of the decade where I think you can make a case he was, case he was one of the three receivers in football, highlighted by that game at Indianapolis in 2002, when he absolutely destroyed the Colts with Kerry Collins. So big-time shout-out to Amani, one of the most underrated receivers, probably in this millennium, and I really do mean that. Um, Giants' defense is terrible. they got to get a pass rush. Um, got to get some help um, on the offensive line as well to protect Daniel Jones, but if you can't affect the opposing quarterback, you've got no chance Giants haven't been able to do that for years they got to get some more talent on this defense there's no doubt about it so Amani here's here's my question for you and, and maybe for both of you guys is there any buzz about the Giants 
Like, are people in New York talking about the Giants? Are they excited about the Giants? I mean, they got a new head coach. They got a young first-round pick quarterback. But I don't know. Even talking with you guys, I don't like – I don't sense that there's a buzz about this team. Absolutely not. There is no buzz about this team. You go – you lose 10 games two years in a row – uh, you're not going to have any buzz, especially in New York City. You got the, you know, the Jets, the Knicks, the Nets, the Yankees, uh, the Islanders, the Devils. I mean, they, they just go to another team. That's that's hot. They're not hot right now. The Giants understand that, and that's why they made such sweeping changes to, you know, to have people in this this city take notice of what's going on uh, with the Giants. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of buzz right now, but I think it's also important to consider the fact that the Super Bowl just ended a couple weeks ago. So it's like, I don't think there's a lot of buzz, you know, unless like you're like a Patriots fan or like a Chargers fan right now with the Brady stuff or the Saints fan with the Breeze news. There isn't, there's not a lot of juice right now with the NFL in general. And the combine will get picked up in a couple weeks here and as we lead up to free agency and the draft. But I think there's going to be some excitement with this Giants team going into next year. And I think there's reason for it. And the Jets as well locally in here in New York. Because you've got a third-year quarterback with the Jets that I think people are expecting big improvement from year two under Adam Gase and Sam Darnold. And like as a Giants fan, I'm, I'm kind of expecting good things from Daniel Jones in year two. So maybe not now, but I think... I think the buzz is going to build heading into next year. I don't think there's, these are Super Bowl teams, but I think there's reason think to believe that both teams will improve, Amani. There, I, I'd agree with you, but it depends on a lot on what happens in free agency is going to get people excited, and more importantly, what happens in the draft. How is Dave Gettleman going to inspire through this draft uh, the, the, the giant, uh, giant fan base? Because right now, I mean, they're sitting on their hands, and, and as they well, we should. we hate them. We hate him. Yeah. He's the worst. That's what I'm he's the worst GM of yeah. all time. Like he's terrible. He's, he's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Well, I, you said that, not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of room for uh, for improvement in terms of the talent level. Like I said, just like I said, uh, opening uh, my opening statement, it, it, they need to get better talent wise uh, to be able to compete because right now they are not competitive and they don't have near the talent they need to even be competitive. Giants all-time leading receiver Monty Toomer with us on the program. Uh, there's $60 million in cap space. That's a hell of a position for a new head coach. Uh, Amani, what will at the end of the day make you say, all right, Dave Gettleman did right by this organization this offseason. You've got Byron Jones perhaps out there, perhaps a trade for Darius Slay. What will make you say, yes, that's exactly what he should do with that $60 million in cap space? I think he needs to really – fortify both the offensive line and the defensive line. And I'm looking at Tennessee and the way they played this year, you know, with their limited, uh, you know, they have a, a beast of a running back. But other than that, you know, their, their skill positions are good, but not great. So I, I think that if we can take that Tennessee model and just get real physical up front, both on the offensive defensive line, uh, we'll have a chance to be in a lot more games than we are now. I mean, we, there's games where, you know, People were running on the Giants, and, and it was just embarrassing to watch. And the missed tackles were embarrassing to watch. And, um, you know, if he can fortify that with some splash players, and they can't just be good. They have to have some sort of personality uh, to, to, to get Giants fans, um, you know, really excited. Amani, last question, man, then we'll get you out of here. And my, it's about the playoff expansion. Looks like two more teams – are going to make the playoffs, which means two more wild card games. Do you like it or not? 
I love it because, you know, there's 32 teams in the league and, you know, there's only, you know, 12 spots. I think that's the lowest ratio of any sport. I mean, the NBA, pretty much everybody makes the playoffs. Major League Baseball is the same way. And they, have, they both have less teams in the NFL. So it's about, it's about time because there's a lot of coaches. I know uh, U-Haul and, um, and uh, Link, uh, Allied Moving Company might be a little bit upset because I think a lot of coaches are going to save their jobs because of the fact that they're going to, be, they're going to at least have uh, playoffs. They'll at least be able to say they made the playoffs because right now it's tough to make the playoffs. It's, one of the tough, it's the toughest in all professional sports. And, um, you know, the, the coaches are, are, are getting fired at a, at, a, uh, at a really high rate, even though this year has been a little bit light. But, uh, you know, this is, this is an abnormally light year. Costos, what do you think about the playoff expansion? I'm the grumpy old man here. I'm the wet blanket. I hate it. It waters down the accomplishment. I don't need more 8-8 eight and eight football teams making the postseason. And I also think you're going to have too many one-versus-one-seed Super Bowls. What's your take? I, I love the fact, by the way, that when we started, the, like, Radio.com Sports, it's like when, like, you see a president in office one year, and then a couple years later, it looks like he's aged 50 years. I like that Dave Briggs has now settled into his role of old man yelling at Cloud. I think it's great that he's leaned into it, and he hates everyone and everything. I think it's awesome. The playoff expansion's great. Look, here's the deal, guys. Bottom line, like, especially from my perspective, I, I, I talk about sports gambling. I, I like shit like this. I like the baseball stuff. I want more playoffs. I want more excitement, more games, more fun, more stuff to bet on. I think it's awesome. I love it. Give me more. Put another team in the playoffs. No buys. Eight games. Give me more, baby. I'm all about more. I want more stuff. I love it. I think it's awesome. Before we let Amani Toomer go, we want to give you the opportunity, the Giants fan in you, to oh, ask man, Amani so a question. All right? Um, Let's go. Um, Amani, um, I'm, I'm sure that I, I wanted to ask if you feel like you're like the most like underrated receiver because that's how I feel. And I also think Tiki should be in the Hall of Fame. Those those are my takes here. But um, outside of the San Francisco loss, which is the worst loss of my sports fandom, which was your like the loss that stung you the most um, as a Giants player? The, the, the Seattle regular season loss, which one hurt the most? We lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess that 2000. one probably stands out too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that, – that, that takes – I mean – it takes a lot to come back from losing a Super Bowl, and I, and and you know, it's 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 not it's not an easy thing to get over. You're not just gonna be like, oh, okay, well, next year let's go do it again because you got to prove to everybody in that locker room that you you know if you're the head coach that you have what it takes and you know what it takes to uh, to win a Super Bowl. Look at the Rams this year. I mean, if you stop believing in your head coach, it, it just makes it that much harder. To, uh, to to get to that next level and get back to the Super Bowl and get have a successful season again because you start questioning things that he asked you to do. And uh, when that happens, you know, things go, you know, south quickly. And that's what happened with Jim Foster. He was, I think he was out of there a year after, uh, maybe two years after that Super Bowl. So, you know, it, it, you know Super Bowls change careers. It either puts you in a level, uh, a higher level, or knocks you down a whole couple pe- a couple pegs. And if you lose one of those things, man, it hurts because you know how hard it is to get back there. No doubt about that. Giants all-time leading wide receiver, Super Bowl champ, Amani Toomer. Been a great pleasure having you on the show today. Appreciate the time, my friend. No, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, Tucker. So, Nick, let me get this straight, okay? I just want to make sure I understand this. You get a chance 
to ask the greatest receiver in your franchise histories. Beckham's better. By one a long shot. He's question. not the greatest receiver okay. in Giants history. Whatever. Second <laughs> best. Okay. Whatever. Whatever you said. Most underappreciated. When That's you were true. when you were when you were kissing his ass, you get to yeah, ask that honest. guy a question and you say, What was the worst loss? Wait, wait. Was wait, wait. It- Beckham was better? Beckham I mean, was better? I'm on it. Sorry. Oh, I mean, I'm the pan. Beckham, He's Beckham a flash in the pan. I'm on it. I'm on it. I mean, He's look, a flash in the pan. Come on, man. He's played eight, what, played two, three years? Come on, come on now. Come on. Come I put on. in 13. I put in 13. He put in three. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Beckham's unbelievable, man. Beckham's unbelievable, man. Come yeah, on. I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying. That doesn't mean I agree with hey. you, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> while, while we're on the subject, Imani, is he the biggest waste of is it the biggest waste of talent you've seen in the last 10 years in the NFL in terms of the hype, the skill, the talent, meeting the accomplishments? No, I, I think he's, his, the book isn't written on Odell Beckham. I, I just don't understand a lot of the things. I don't understand what his focus is because to be great in this game, you can't have any other hobbies on the side. Like you have to be focused all at all times. I mean, I remember I was in the off season, I was, always thinking about playing football like every day i'd work out two three times a day and i was thinking about football i wasn't thinking about parties or all kinds of stuff although i did partake in a few but that wasn't my main thing like i wasn't and i don't know any great player that's really done it both ways where they could be a a superstar fashionista or a uh you know instagram king I, i it's just too much and this game is all-encompassing, and if you don't take it that way, then I don't see how you can sustain your greatness. And obviously, he hasn't sustained the greatness that he came in with. Got your medicine Amani, there, Costa. Again, appreciate appreciate the time and appreciate <laughs> you hanging around to catch Costa's dissing you. That, that was, was perfect. Please, please, dissing him. I had an, I had an Amani Toomer jersey back in the day, okay? I just came on and said he's the most underappreciated wide receiver of this millennium. I love Amani. Well, I, I, I mean, I, listen, I, I, Od- Odell Beckham's better. Sorry, Amani. You're uh, awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. You know what's amazing? You know, Amani, you know what's amazing about that? That, that? wasn't even his biggest faux pas. In the 10 minutes he's been on so oh, far. Oh, it's your fault. I'm a fanboy. You let me ask a stupid <laughs> he, question. You know I love no, the team. No, no, He gets to ask a question. He gets to ask you one question. <laughs> and he says, what was the worst loss? That regular oh. season game against oh, Seattle? A, I think I killed you lost Baltimore. the fucking Super Bowl. You lost the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> and he wants to know... If the regular season loss to Seattle was the worst one. I mean, uh, you know what? Now I know why his show does such good ratings. He says stupid shit and asks stupid questions and yeah, entertains baby. stupid people. Stupid yes. people ask, hey, uh, are you sure it wasn't that week 12 game in 2008 when you lost to the Jaguars? They lost the Super Bowl, Nick. The it was Super- all the game. The game, I'm sorry. Listen, Amani, watching that Super Bowl, man, my dad turns me on the first play and goes, Carrie's eyes are as wide as dinner plates. We got no chance. That, that, I mean, it wasn't competitive. Like, the Seattle game came down to the end to cost home field advantage in the playoffs. 
I well, mean, you know what happened. So you know, question, you know what I mean, happened, though. We, we, decided, we decided in our in a, Coach Fossil's uh, genius, he decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to change everything we've done all year in our offense, and we're going to trick them. And, that's, and, and I'll, never forget, I'll never forget that about the game, and I'll never forget, uh, forgive Coach Fossil for changing everything that we did well. And, um, and so we went out there with a game plan that was just, I mean, I feel like the, the quarterback in the XFL, you know, <laughs> what's his name? The guy who said he should change the whole game plan. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. That's what happened. Uh, but, but, I, but I'm not playing, and I'm done playing, and I can just have opinions all day. So that's why I'm still upset at Jim Fossil for changing our game plan and allowing us to get blown out by the Ravens and have Ray Lewis just dance on us and just destroy, it was just it was just bad because I don't know how we I don't know how we actually would have done against them if we would have just played and done the same thing that we've been doing all year and been very successful and put 41 points on the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know. Amani Toomer just pulled a Matt McGloin <laughs> about the Super Bowl. <laughs> It would be nice if Jason Seahorn could cover Brandon Stokely, by the way. Can Jason Seahorn cover Brandon Stokely? And also a terrible holding penalty on Keith Hamilton on the Armstead pick six. Could have changed things, but, you know, you know. you know, Could have changed things. But we could have moved the ball as well. Like, we could have moved the ball if we would have just done what we did. We had to to figure out. We had to be too cute. You beat the undefeated Patriots, man, and it was the greatest thing of all time. So, like, who gives a that game? I'm being honest. Like, who fucking cares about that game? Like, you had the greatest win of all time that, like, it's – who, that is so water under the bridge that it's like it never happens because the Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah, but there's happen. a whole bunch of players that were on that team that never got to play the Patriots. It was me and Strahan, the only people that from that Super Bowl team that made it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Amani, Amani, here's my question, though. The win over the Patriots, the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl, how did that compare to week seven in 2005 against the Houston Texans? Which no, was a bigger like, win? Week- well, against the Seahawks in 2005. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. It's the memorable Super Bowl in week five. Uh, I don't know. I'm on it. The Texans, though. It was a big game. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we did, we, actually, we, did, we did beat him. <laughs> We'll actually let right. him take his graceful exit after all that. Amani Toomer, <laughs> awesome to have you on, man. Uh, oh, easily you. one of the dumbest questions Nick Costos will ever ask, but you, at least you got a mulligan there, bro. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You guys, what did you expect me to fucking do? Hard-hitting journalism? I'm a Giants fanboy, and he was like like, the, like my biggest Giants fanboy, period. The Super Bowl well, loss was like irrelevant because I got fucking slammed in the game. Like, 
They got killed. The game was never competitive. And here's my answer to Monty, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I love the Giants. The Giants, they could have played that game a hundred times and the Ravens would have won 99 or 100 out of the hundred. The Giants were never winning that game ever. And I love the Giants. It's a fact. Sorry. Well, you know what, Nick, that might be right. But I would just say if they should have just done what they did. I remember that NFC championship game. They smashed the Vikings. They were actually on a run. And you know what? Everybody would say that about the Patriots and the Giants in 07. So let the Giants actually play Jim Fossil. Like, let them see what they can do. You never know what would have happened. And I know what you're getting at. That was such a blowout loss. I think I think you wanted, like, devastating ending sort of loss. Like, which one, which devastating ending was the toughest for him to take? Well, I'm going, yeah, I'm just, like a, a fan perspective here. Where like, the Super Bowl was like, it was over. So it's like, it didn't really stick. It sucked, but like, they got killed. Like, that's, you're right. And it, look, it was a dumb question by me. There's no doubt about it. But I would no, also I, say it's your guy's fault for giving me the opportunity to ask a dumb question. Well, I thought Fanboy wouldn't want to take one of his favorite players back to a painful moment. Generally speaking, I would think Fanboy would want to take a player back to one of his crowning achievements. I verbally filleted him for five minutes. <laughs> All right. Quickly, I, I want to get one more take from you on this playoff expansion. Again, yeah, I'm the grumpy old man. I don't like eight-day teams building in the fucking playoffs. But I also don't like the idea of one versus one seed in the Super Bowl for the next three years. You as a gambler, don't you think that makes it that much more likely? Seven straight Super Bowls have been won by a team uh, that had a bye in that first round. I don't care. Really? But, why, but like, what, not, what, what is it? But, but, but like, okay, so here's where I'll come. So we want to talk about like the sanctity of the regular season and like all shit like this and like really rewarding the regular season. Like what greater reward could there be for a great regular season by only having one, one buy? So like the Ravens would have gotten the buy. The Niners would have gotten the buy. The fraudulent Packers wouldn't have gotten the buy this year. You wouldn't have had that mess at the end of week 17 where, where the Dolphins knocked the Patriots out um, and gave the Chiefs the second buy. I, I, I don't really think it matters one way or another. And like I said, like, I don't really care. Cause for me, like you're asking me, right? Like I want more shit to gamble on. How much fun is wildcard weekend going to be guys when like there are three oh. games on both Saturday and Sunday. Like that's like the best thing of all time. Like that becomes one of like, it already is one of the best weekends of the year. That might become like the best weekend of the year in sports and sports gambling. Six wildcard games and wildcard weekend. That's tremendous. All right, so here I got a couple XFL questions for you, Nick. And by the way, I agree with you on the playoff expansion stuff. Here's my first question about the XFL. First of all, I got three questions, I think. We're now two weeks in. We're almost at week three. Based on week two, do you like it more, less, or the same? Well, I like to gamble. So, like, you know, I would say the product is – Right now, maybe like a little better than what the Alliance was last year. But the quarterbacks in this league, by and large, are like are not very good. And this shit's got to get figured out. I'm hopeful that the offenses get better as the season moves on. But I like to gamble on it, man. Like, I, I know that I like the XFL because last week I went to a Valentine's Day dinner on Saturday night with uh, with my girlfriend. And I as we walked into dinner, I was still pissed at the the beat I had at the end of the uh, the Tampa-Seattle game. That's how I know I kind of like something, when like, it sticks with me after I lose a bet. So I, I'm in on the XFL, man. I like gambling on football, dude. I think it's awesome. So I'm, I'm in. Okay, so then that leads to the next question, which is 
they talk about the betting and the over-under and stuff like that a decent amount. I heard Joey Galloway talking about it. Does that make a big difference to you as a professional gambler and, and betting expert? Or it's like, I know what the over-under is. I know what the line is. And I'm watching the game. I don't really give a shit if these guys talk about it or not. Well, again, I, I answer all questions through my own selfish um, personal perspective and prism. So a lot of a lot of alliteration there kind of and I, I didn't mean it for it to be. Um, I look at it and I'm like, wow, this is awesome because like whether or not like it's actually like actionable information, which it isn't. It's like they just put the lineup on the screen and they're not really like doing like a deep dive into it, which is okay. But I think it's like, you know, the dip in the toe in the water. Maybe it's more like like knee deep in the water now. And it just means that it's going to get more. There's going to be more of it as time goes on, which I think is really exciting. I think it's an exciting time in the space, both in the sports gambling space and the sports media space in general because of this impending boom. So, you know, maybe it's not like the greatest thing right now, but I think it's a portent of things to come. And I'm and I'm really into that. Got it. Okay. And then the last question along the same lines is, is there an opportunity here? You know, like for people that like to bet on football, how tight are the lines? Like, do you look at it and say, I think I can make a lot of money here because the lines aren't great? Or is it the opposite? I barely know who these dudes are, these teams. I'm losing my ass. Well, I think we can honestly, like, we should probably have this conversation in a couple weeks or maybe even next week. Cause I have like, I have two spots in the XFL this weekend that I'm looking at and I'm like, wow, like these are like unbelievable money-making opportunities that I'm looking at. And I've, and I've, and I'm, I haven't bet on one of the games yet. I'm waiting for more injury news to come out, but I'm going to bet it. I think I'm going to bet it at least probably. And then I have already bet the other one and we can kind of go through it a little bit here, but I think it kind of remains to be seen. You know, we're only two weeks in, so the lines are definitely are definitely tight. I think the adjustments have come on the totals here. I think it's interesting is now we've seen like one of these totals in the New York um, St. Louis game is low 40s here. So I, I've heard some people say this week that they're blindly betting overs after blindly betting unders the first couple of weeks because they think we'll see a, a shift a little bit and it'll go back the other way. I think it's a really, honestly, Ross, it's a really tough question to answer. And anything I said to you would be like what I think is going to happen, not what I know is going to happen. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure just yet. I'm not really sure about anything when it comes to this NCAA tournament, Nick. And I don't know if you watched last night. I mean, I'm a Duke fan who watched one of the worst performances by a Duke team in maybe ever, 10 or 15 yeah, years. Easy. State. You bet on NC State. Bravo. I mean, the worst loss by a top 10 team to an unranked team in some 40 mm -hmm. years in college basketball. But it really does represent what's happening all year long in college basketball. How the hell do you bet on the game today as we get closer to the NCAA tournament? Do you have any tips? Because it just seems like a crapshoot every night. I think with college basketball, it's it's pretty interesting. And it's, it's unlike it. I actually think it's probably, and I'm not the only person that would say this. We've had a lot of pro bettors on You Better You Bet that will echo these sentiments, especially like because the NFL kind of goes right into college basketball. And you can bet college basketball during NFL season, obviously, because the season starts in like November. The college basketball is one of the easier markets to beat. Like the NFL is like impossible to beat. College football can be very difficult to beat. The NBA, once you have a handle on it, is beatable, but can be very difficult if you don't know like what you're doing. And like, it, it's very hard to like parachute in. College basketball is kind of a beatable market because you've got a million different games. So there's generally like on the board, at least like one or two games every night that have got some value. And I find that generally, and like some people may kind of shit on this and poo poo this, but I just think it's, 
I mean, I, I do well betting on college basketball literally every year. Just kind of like follow the money, really, with 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 college hoops where if like and, – and look for obvious spots. So, for instance, right, it, it doesn't always work out like this. And I actually haven't looked at the line yet. Give me a second here. I'll bring this up here. So, Oregon is playing Arizona State tonight. And this is the perfect example of what I'm talking about in college hoops where Arizona State is not ranked. Arizona State is the home team in this game. Oregon is is ranked in the top 20, and Oregon is like a short road favorite. That's what it was last night, at least. I don't know if this line has moved at all. I'm just bringing this up here on Sports Insights, which is one of our partners at the Action Network. Yeah, or Oregon's a two-point favorite here. I'm probably going to look to bet Arizona State tonight because you've got a home underdog that's unranked, a slight home underdog against the team that is ranked. So it's like it's spots like that. I actually think college is kind of it's one of the easier sports to make. It's not easy to win money on overall, but it's easier than a lot of the big sports. All right. My question is with what Dave said about how up and down the season is, will that make the tournament easier or harder to bet on or have no difference? I think it's probably no difference in terms of like betting on games. But in terms of like filling out a bracket, I think it's going to be exceptionally hard because it's it's insanely wide open. Like, like Baylor and Kansas are playing on Saturday, right? The game's in Waco. Like, that, that's number one against number three. But I feel like how many people out there are super confident that Baylor's going to get to the final four, even with the unbelievable win streak that they've been on, and they've been covering every spread, and they've been killing professional betters because they get faded every game. Or, like, how many people are really confident in Kansas, even with, you know, like the great inside-outside combo of uh, Doak Azabuke and Dotson? Because Bill Self's teams have had so many failures in the tournament. Like, how can you really feel confident in Duke when Duke lays eggs like they laid last night against NC State? And conversely... You know, Gonzaga's in the top five. Like, do people really know how good this yeah. Gonzaga team is? What do we make of San Diego State? Undefeated, the Aztecs. But, like, they're doing it against a, a shitty conference. So it's like, what do we make of San Diego State? They have kind of like that Wichita State feel from a couple years ago when the committee put Wichita against Kentucky in the second round, and Kentucky knocked them out. So, like, I, I think as far as, like, filling out a bracket, it's going to be highly difficult. I don't really think it makes that big of a, of a difference, though, when it comes to, like, betting individual games. Yeah, as for Duke, I have no idea whether they lose on that opening weekend or they go to the Final Four. I think definitely I could see both happening. They are Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde team. San Diego State, I really liked the transfers there. A lot of experience, a lot of guys that have sacrificed points to to play for a better team overall. That's a team I would look out for, I, I think, better than Duke overall. Um, we want to get a couple Ask Reddit questions in before we let you go, Nick. And one we right. discussed this morning was what do you wish – you had in high school that kids have today. I want a Google search. I would have liked to know a little bit more about how to um, how to work the machinery, uh, if you will. I would have liked that knowledge. I would have liked to have been how armed old with more sexual knowledge. Uh, I'm, I'm 43. Oh, sexual, Ross Tucker oh, wanted text machinery. messaging. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ross Tucker wanted text messaging because he wanted to cast a wider net for the ladies. What do you wish you had that kids have today in high school? Honestly, I'm happy that that my generation didn't have any of the shit because I feel like I was like kind of like a sheltered youth and I feel like it probably would have made my life like more complicated and probably worse. So I'm I I kind of I kind of I'm happy that we didn't have any of this shit, honestly. Wow. Hey, hey Nick, congratulations. You both started and ended your segment on the show with some of the lamest shit I've ever heard. It's not you lame. asked it's my a terrible answer. question. After you kiss up to the guest, you ask him a terrible question, and then we have a cool Ask Reddit question, and you can't even play along. 
dude, come up with something. There's nothing that they have now that you wish you had then. You know what? I'm oh, easily accessible you. internet pornography. How about pornography. a personality, you loser? How about an imagination? Unbelievable. No, I'm glad I didn't have that. I'm glad I didn't have that. You I'm are serious. So shit. Can we end the show now? Get I'm this not. Guy out of Ross, Ross, you know, here's what you've got to understand, Ross. Like when you were in high school, and I've seen the picture circulating, I can't even believe that's the real you because you an ugly motherfucker now. But back then, you were pretty handsome. Yeah, yeah, you had some, you had it going on back then, Ross. Some, some of those old pictures. You were like big man on campus. It took me a while to kind of like, I lived kind of like a really sheltered like childhood. My childhood was great. But I feel like it took me like a while to kind of like come out of my shell, like towards the end of high school and college. And I feel like all the social media and all the shit would have like made my life personally, would have made my life personally worse. Because everyone's basically getting validation on social media. I don't know how I would have done growing up the way I grew up, like with the technology that we have today. So like, I'm not, maybe it's a lame answer, but that's my honest answer, man. I feel like my life would have been worse if all the shit, social media and stuff were around today because I didn't come out of my shell until I was like 16 or 17. So I feel like I would have been miserable the first couple of years of high school. My honest answer. You I wasn't sure the big man are. on campus, bro. That's it. I mean, Russ, you were a big man on campus, so you probably would have loved it because it would have been more people seeing you. For me, I wasn't like that at all. We were on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So that's for me, I want to... I wanted none of it. So I'm, I'm happy that the shit wasn't around. Okay. Fuck with you, that, man. Movie adios it. Costos. Tucker. That's that's a fitting last word. That was really, from Nick that was really heartfelt, man. Goodbye. <laughs> See you Bye. guys on a Friday. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember... You can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.